I aced a quiz the other day. It's me, Cindy. It was, can you complete these famous Bugs Bunny lines? I scored a 10 out of 10, which means either I'm a great guesser or I've watched a significant enough amount of Bugs Bunny cartoons in my lifetime to have those lines essentially in my back pocket ready for any quiz that pops up. I was alternately surprised and not surprised at all. I mean, it's good to know you're something of an expert on something, but Bugs Bunny? Why not black holes or mathematical anythings? No, Bugs Bunny. See how you do. Here's an easy one. Multiple choice answers. This ain't wabbit hunting season. It's blank hunting season. Duck, deer, or pheasant. You know, I don't even think I need to tell you the right answer because I realize Bugs Bunny is, like, iconic. And so is that episode. But yeah, Duck, where he tries to get Elmer Fudd to hunt Daffy instead of him. Anyway, you can find the whole Bugs Bunny quiz and a whole bunch more at MeTV.com, which is a TV channel website that's plenty of fun. And the TV channel itself is hilarious. If you ever want to study classic 60s television and Bugs Bunny cartoons, maybe you could become an expert. Maybe you already are. We need more cartoons. We need more fun. We need to be on to the next chapter in world life because this past year has been, I don't think I need to fill in that blank for you either. It alternately feels like we're close and yet this is the 25th episode about coping with COVID, digging deep to find ways to avoid sinking into despair, to give into the panic or anxiety or sadness or worry or aggravation, episodes on getting our bearings, on the benefits of comfort food, coping with stress, with Zoom, with hoarding, with brain fog, the new normal, the lighter side of masks, checking in with friends for their personal pandemic reports, and, as I am ever the optimist, looking for the silver lining. God, it's been a long year plus a month, plus some days, yet for all the time that's gone by, I am amazed I'm still not in the habit of putting on a mask. I know this because of all the times I'm walking towards a store or step inside and realize my face is not covered, sometimes because it just hits me, and sometimes because somebody has to point it out. And now with vaccines making headway, it's starting to feel like we can start venturing out again and maybe skipping the mask around family or close and vaxxed up friends. Of course, that venturing out that somehow feels as weighty as tentatively poking my head out of the cave to see if civilization survived, like an episode of The Twilight Zone or the happy ending of a sci-fi movie where the universe suffered a cataclysmic disaster, which it kind of has. Anyway, I keep thinking that going back out, resuming something like a new version of what used to be normal, may also be a challenge for some of us. You know how I've been doing yoga on Zoom this whole time? Well, Susan, our yoga teacher, is suggesting that we think about returning to live in-person classes with safety precautions, but still out among people in person. And from what she says about the responses, I'm not the only reluctant student. First, it's so easy to roll out the mat and practice in my sloppy splendor without having to leave the house. But second, well, there is no second other than some deep-seated resistance making itself known. Surprise! What am I worried about? I know the world is still there. It was a pandemic, not nuclear winter, which goes to show there's always something to be happy about. I guess it's a hardcore deep down level of caution that was triggered and nurtured. All that hand washing and distance keeping and on some level considering every other person, place or thing outside of your safety zone, home, nearly vibrating with contaminants that could kill you and your whole family if you weren't careful enough. Slapping on a mask didn't become a habit, but it seems that mistrust of the universe did. That's not good. Even if it served its purpose in its time, it's a very unhealthy and awkward and uncomfortable mindset to still have lingering. 
Like everything else in the world, I think that the awareness of it, being able to look at it from the outside, to understand how it got there, and then reason with myself that I can cope, in this case, drop my guard, at least to some extent, find a balance between comfort with others and being out, moderated by retaining a thread of awareness that hand-washing is still my friend. And then I just have to jump back into life, hold my nose, cross my fingers and go. Like that moment you take your first dive into a pool or your first jump off a dock or your first anything where you're nervous, but you throw your fear away. You leave it behind you on the diving board or the dock or, or at home as you venture out. There is yet another article I read about change that relates to this, where we are now. It's a basic idea for making change happen in your life, getting started on a new habit or a hobby, jumping off into a new life direction, or maybe just getting back to going out and being around people again, like it's a normal thing. The article is based on this guy, Leo Babauta. He's the founder of Zen Habits, and he's written several books on habit changing. He suggests that we base it on the Zen Buddhist philosophy of simplicity. Len says that in order to make any change in your life, whether it's to get out of debt, become fit enough to run a marathon, get on better with your family, he says starts not with an end goal, but with a tiny first step. It could be run for 10 minutes, spend 10 minutes drawing, make a healthy work lunch once a week. His thinking is that you have to start small, which makes me think it's like planting a seed and letting it settle in. The beauty is that the smallness saves you from feeling overwhelmed by the enormity of a project or a goal, or swamped by failure if you don't get there quickly enough. He suggests one tiny step every four to six weeks. I think that's a little slow going, but whatever. He also advises addressing one big change at a time rather than tackling bad health, bad habits, cleaning out the garage, getting comfortable being social or whatever at the same time. And he's outlined a series of steps. Of course he has, otherwise he just has a simple idea which isn't enough to fill even one book, let alone several. Four steps. One, do only one change at a time. Wait, that's actually not a step. I'm going to call this a list of three steps. Actual steps. Actual number one, start very small. Want to write a book? Write a page. Two, be present and enjoy the activity. So don't focus on the results. Three, Be grateful for every step you take. And I would add, and you know, be proud of yourself. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Have a handful of uh, chocolate or something. Do you ever see the Bill Murray movie, What About Bob? Sounds like baby steps, doesn't it? God, that was a funny movie. Either way, Bill Murray or Buddhism, it may very well work for you or for me. Given that I always wanted to ease myself into the water rather than plunge in, it may very well work for me. Start small. I could do that. And if it happens that it feels good and comfortable, I may not wait as long between steps. Truth is, I've missed the freedom and the fun of life filled with friends. And it may very well be that once I do ease myself back into life outside, there won't be much room left in my heart or head for the concern and caution we've all had to be coping with. And such a time as we stop wearing masks, well, I know that's not going to be a hard habit to break. You can hear more of my sage wisdom or visits to Tangent World. Just follow or subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast, which is just about everywhere. It's just me sharing what I'm finding, reading, learning, thinking about, so that we can all enjoy life a little more. Thanks for listening.